were it not for grace, and this would be a waste of time gathering and in the name of, of God and hearing his word, because if it weren't for grace, we wouldn't be able to understand it, let alone even think about doing it. And yet, because of God's grace, we can gather not only with a hope, but with a sure and certain hope. And the power of his spirit, as we look at his word, even as we explore how it means, what it means to follow Jesus in, in light of finances, in light of possessions, in light of material belongings, in our security, that we know in the power of his spirit, transformation is possible for me and for you. So we come to his word uh, today with that sense of expectation. Uh, let's, uh, let's pray together. Uh, gracious God, uh, we do thank you for your written word as it speaks to us. We thank you uh, for your spirit uh, who fills us as we seek to follow the ways of Jesus. And Lord, we, we know that we would be lost without you. And we have confessed the ways that we still go our own way, um, even though we know it's foolish. And so we want in this time for you to, to keep us awake, alert, to hear what you would have for us so that we can walk in, into the fullness of the ways of Jesus. We can receive the reality of your kingdom in our lives and in our, our community. Um, Lord, do your work in us. And we are sure to give you the praise and the glory um, because it's only by your grace. That not only do we receive your forgiveness, but live in your transforming power. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Uh, I was uh, recently speaking uh, with one of my, my children about their, their work. Um, and, and they were just saying how um, challenging it is because they really want to know why their boss asks them to do some of the things they do. And that they're just not motivated unless they can see how it relates to the, the big goal. Uh, and, and they, in a, in a way, they're like, they're, they, they were saying that they didn't want to waste their time. You know, sort of just doing this busy work unless it, it really would accomplish something. They, that they really want a sure thing as they put their life into what they're doing. They use their time and resources. Um, and, and isn't that what we want? We want a sure thing um, that uh, that what we're studying for is going to relate to to something that's that's going to be meaningful. What we're doing will accomplish the the, the goal. What we're investing in will will multiply. Yeah, we we see that people wanting a sure thing and how that can lead us uh, to uh, maybe some bad decisions you know folks we've seen a lot lately of insider trading you know folks that get some inside information about either some reality that's going on in the world around us that's really going to impact they think the value of this this particular stock or company and they before it gets public they either sell or buy depending on how that knowledge is going to increase their value um, and because they think, ah, here is a sure thing. Well, in our, in our lives, we want that. And, and in our passage today, we're going to see here how Jesus says, here's a sure thing. Here is a sure. Now, it may be very different 
than what you learn in from the voices around you or from the TV shows you watch or even from mom and dad or siblings. or It, it may be very different from the ways of your world. But here is the sure thing. You know, as we're in this series about securing the bag, which I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, that, that comes from sports. It really... Uh, really was made popular by sports, uh, by athletes who were negotiating their contract and in their hashtag, in their social media post, they would say, secure the bag. In other words, get the most, get the most guaranteed money that they can and whatever their sport is. And it's sort of taken a life of its own. Well, here, Jesus is going to say to us today, secure the bag, but here's the bag you want to secure. You know, we're, we're, most of us are about securing the bag. The question is, are we trying to secure the right bag? Or do we sort of take a couple bags? You know, at least let's diversify. Let's secure a couple bags. Jesus is going to tell us, hey, here's one bag only that is the one sure thing. So these are his words for us today. In Luke chapter 12, starting with verse 13. And there's three different paragraphs in this um, passage. If you have your Bible, which I think we do have pew Bibles now. You can open them and use them. Praise the Lord. Um, you know, don't uh, shout too loud or dance too too hard. But they're in your pews and you can look at them. And if you, if you have it in front of you, you'll see there's three paragraphs. And so each of the paragraphs has a particular point that we'll, we'll get at here. But I want to read the whole of uh, this section of Luke's letter. And because I think it has, it really hammers this home in a variety of ways of uh, what Jesus is telling us. Here is the one and only sure thing. Verse 13. Hear the word of the Lord. Someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable saying, the land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And then I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. And he said to his disciples, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn. And yet God feeds them. How much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? 
If then, if you're not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? Do not seek what you're to eat and what you're to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek His kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in heaven, in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, so three paragraphs, three basic points, I think, that really come out of these uh, three paragraphs. But the first one is uh, that we're called, Jesus calls, here's your sure thing. Make God the goal of your life, not material possessions. Uh, We talked about this two weeks ago. You know, there is this battle that ensues within us in every stage of life between God and money, between God and possessions, between God and, and the material, the stuff that we own and the security that it can bring. There's always that battle going on in our lives. And Jesus here raises another big red flag. He says, look out. This is what you need. This is where you, you are, you are not making God the goal of your life here. Be careful when you're making the possessions the goal of your life. Guard against, he says. When, when this happens, you, you know that you've, you've crossed out of bounds. When this happens, guard yourself against covetousness. All kinds of covetousness, he says. Yeah, greed, other translations say greed. And actually, the word really captures that in the statement that he's saying all covetousness. He's sort of capturing all of the ways that we take our attention from God and put it on the things of this world. That, that we can, on the, the greed is, is when we're, we're always wanting more. We do not have the capacity to say, I have enough. I have, I mean, that would have stopped this parable. You know, what if the dude had said that Jesus was telling the story about, if he said, man, look, I got more than I know what to do with. I've got enough. Now, what can I do with this? How can this, this extra, I've got what I need. How can this care for those that are in need around me? How can this be used in the ways of God's kingdom? I have an greed is not able to say I have enough. Coveting is is wanting what others have. So you see, our eyes, if it's greed, we're always looking at what else is out there that we can have. If it's coveting, we're always looking at other people and what they have. Coveting is unable to say, I'm glad you have that. 
Unable to, to rejoice that others have that. You know, as, as preachers go, our, our coveting, our jealousy in a sense, is when we look at other churches. Can we see when other churches are flourishing and successful and, and doing what God is calling them to do? Do we get jealous or try to cut them down? Or do we rejoice, say, look what God is doing there. So, so be, be on the alert, Jesus is telling us. Be, be re- wary of any kind of greed, jealousy, ways that we're always looking at the other things that are out there or looking at other people. Uh, because that's a sign that we're venturing from God being our treasure, God being the goal of our life, and something else. And he, he captures it uh, well at the end of this parable. I mean, this is serious. When, when God calls somebody a fool, we need to listen. <laughs> that, that's not something that he says just as a throwaway. That is a direct statement. You know, it's like the psalmist says, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. And what he says, the end of that paragraph, the end of that, don't, don't be a fool. In verse 21. So is the one who lays up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. See how Jesus is saying, you know, the way that our societies, the ways of the world view riches is just totally different than the ways of the kingdom. You know, you've heard the, the joke about the guy that was really proud of his gold bullion collection, his gold bricks, you know, and he took it, he was so proud of it, he wouldn't let go of it, he even took it up to heaven, and he showed it to St. Peter when he got there, and St. Peter said, you brought pavement? Just has no meaning in the eyes of heaven. And that, this is what Jesus is saying, be rich towards God, and be careful not to be rich towards the things of this world. Now, the, the second paragraph says that, that we're to make God the goal and God promises to provide what we need. That's what it says in the second part of the, 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 par- the, the, the passage here. Jesus has told the parable after engaging with that man and he turns to the disciples and says, listen, here, here's the deal. Don't, don't worry. Don't be anxious. That, that's the other. That's the next red flag. That's the next out of bounds. You know, so be wary of being jealous. Be wary of being covetous. Now, be, when, when you're fraught with worry and anxiety, that's another sign. Oh, are, are you out of line with, with making God the goal of your life? We're in the first part, he's talking about the abundance of our possessions and all the things that are out here. In this part, the second paragraph, he's really talking about our needs, you know, the basic needs of life, the things that all of us need, food, clothing, shelter, education, housing, work, you know, all of those kind of, and other things that we need in order to work in this world. And, and God knows that. And at the end of the second paragraph, it says, And God knows that you need those things and will provide for them just as he did for the ravens. Just, just as he did for the flowers. You know, go, look, just keep your eyes up. Look at all the ways. As we were singing at the beginning of the path of our worship service. Look at all the ways that God provides. That God is the glorious creator of all that is around us. That's the the nature of God. That's the one that you're making the goal of your life. So be alert in your own life to to worry and to anxiety. Because those can so quickly overwhelm us and distract us from making God the goal of our lives. 
easy for us in worry and anxiety to spend so much time and energy on, on things that we can't change. And it distracts us from spending the time and energy and resource that God has given us to the things that we can change. That anxiety can also lead us to, to even disobedience. When we get worried about the, the possessions and what we, what we need, do we have what we need? It can lead us to disobedience. It can lead us to steal a little bit here and there, to embezzle on the side. You know, well, this car, my company, it's not going to miss. Uh, the United States government, they're not going to miss this. But it's anxiety and worry that can paralyze us, lead us to disobedience, to distract us from the ways of God. And I think what we, we hear from this passage and, and from the, the larger picture of, of how the scriptures talk about uh, uh, possessions and money is that we're, we need to grow in our trust of God. And in the basis of that trust that God provides, then we need to live righteously. Yeah, it's another passage that we'll look at in a couple of weeks where the Apostle Paul talks about God's plan for every person that is able is to, to work, you know, to plan, to, to save, to, to give. Notice the passage doesn't say don't plan, don't save, uh, don't work. It doesn't say that. It says don't worry, don't be anxious, trust in God. And in other passages it talks about how now and because of that trust in God now we work. We don't work in order to get our stuff. We work because we know God's already said we will, God will provide. So we work in that trust, not in order to give, but because God has promised to us that He will give what we need. Um, that's why this week, you know, this Thursday, the first of the practical applications is, um, Bree Carrier, uh, uh, Leading us in just in basic budgeting. And that's good for everybody. That's even good for millionaires. You know, I was, as part of studying for this, you know, I went and looked up all the folks that were like childhood actors or, or famous actors or famous, um, uh, uh, athletes who are now in debt into the millions. I mean, they made hundreds of millions of dollars and now they're in debt. Mickey Rooney was one. Who knew that? I didn't know that. He was in debt at the end of his life, like three to four million dollars. So, all of us can use that, just that practical advice of budgeting. That's the, the budgeting workshop this Thursday. And we have other practical for the next four weeks on Thursday from 7 to 8.30. How God would lead us to, to trust Him and then do what is right. Also, important in how secretive we can be with money. It's wise that we have folks around us that we can share our financial uh, questions and decisions and get feedback that's one of the issues with that first parable do you notice that with the guy you know that he the the parable that jesus is saying do you notice that personal conversation he had with himself where he said what will i do i have all this stuff that belongs to me i'll build myself bigger barns even in a, in a joking humorous way i'm sure jesus says even says to his own soul what shall I do? And then God enters into the conversation in not a good way. And I think he's illustrating. Let's not live in isolation with our decisions, but with wisdom, with trusted friends, and with the voice of God in pursuing his word and in prayer. Also, uh, for us as a church, uh, being part of the church is that we help. We're, we're one of the mechanisms that God cares for one another, provides those needs. That's why we have a deacon's fund 
in the church that regularly will give money to people in the church who find themselves in desperate situations for the basic needs of their life. Uh, for the Deacons Fund or Christ Community in College Hills, a food pantry. Uh, if anyone ever runs, you know, you or anyone you know ever runs out of food. And you, they need food. Christ Community in College Hill is, is a, a food pantry that we support. And it's housed in the building that we own, just on the other side of the parking lot. That those resources are part of the church being that way that God provides for one another. Like in Acts chapter 2 and 3. You know, when the, the church, when the Spirit came upon the church at Pentecost and there were even no one in need in their midst. That's part of the way that God provides for those needs. And the, the, the beauty of this passage, again, is that God knows what we need. And it is a tremendous relief to know. God hasn't created you or me. God didn't die on the cross for you and me. He hasn't saved you and me from our sin to then not care for our needs. I mean, if he's done that, certainly he will provide for our needs. We can trust and depend on him in relationship with God and with one another. And again, Jesus captures the, summarizes that particular uh, paragraph with, with these words where, where he tell, looks to his disciples and tells them, instead, seek his kingdom and these things will be added to you. Talking about the basic needs. Seek his kingdom and he will provide those needs. Then the, the final little paragraph uh, then that Jesus summarizes, then I think what he's saying here is we, we're called to, to make God the, the goal. Making God the goal leads to complete security in him. It's, it's like Jesus is saying at this, this last paragraph, don't, don't worry, God's in control and man, he loves you. I love in the last part of the paragraph where he, he's saying, you know, this is what God delights in doing this. God delights in giving you his kingdom. God delights in giving us what, what we need that we live in according to his way. God finds pleasure and joy, delight in that. Uh, when, when our uh, trust is in him, when we're following Jesus, God delights in that. When, when God is our bag that we are securing. When we know, if we flip it around, that we're the bag God has secured. That God has sought and accomplished securing you and me for all of eternity. Then we have complete security. We have the best insider knowledge. Except it's not supposed to be insider. It's supposed to be proclaimed from the mountaintop. That's what Jesus is saying here. No, go. you want to have a money bag. You want to have an account. You want to have investment accounts in that which does not wear out. That which does not cannot be stolen. It, it cannot be embezzled. It, it, it will not rust. It will not decay. It will never go away. I, I even think when Jesus... It, it's interesting that in the, the two passages that he, we've looked at are two different ones. In both of them, Jesus has some of the same phrasing there where he tells whoever it is he's talking with, Hey, go sell all your stuff. Give it to the needy. Come follow me. You'll be secure. I think what he's saying there... Listen, if you lose everything, every penny you've got, every uh, a gram of all the stuff that you own, if all that is gone, but you've got God, you haven't lost anything. Your balance sheet hadn't moved one bit. 
It's still full. God is the one and only sure thing. And that is what Jesus says brings us great freedom. To, to revel in his delight as we live into his kingdom. And to not be controlled by the material things of this world. Again, there are things that we need. They're a part of this life. And as I've said before, you know, God is the one who is the owner of all. We're, we're here as God's stewards. And all the stuff we steward, they're the servants. Money, possessions, time, our bodies, they're the servants. Of what we steward according to God who owns all that is. Just c- consider that, that pleasure of God. When, those times when we live in, in the way of his kingdom. way that we, we seek him above any and all things. And, and the, the eternal joy of God. And the eternal joy that we will experience, that we experience now and experience with Him for forever. Because He is the only treasure that never loses value. The one sure thing. Which is why the very end, the last verse that I read, that Jesus tells us, for where your treasure is, your heart will be also. We know, on the one hand, we are God's treasure. He has sought and purchased us and made us his. So his heart is with us. Now he asks us and calls us, challenges us to do the same. Because where else would you want your heart? Do you want it in the stock market? Do you want it in real estate? Do you want it in the fame of this world? Or do you want your heart to be with the heart of God? The one sure thing. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Making God the goal of our lives means He's our treasure and that's where our heart is and we are secure. And what what kind of witness we have when we live in that freedom, when we live in that security, when we know the things of this world that get a whole lot of press and a whole lot of attention that again are necessary parts of our lives but they are not God. When we're, when we're freed in the power of His Spirit from jealousy and covetousness, from worry and anxiety, when, when that happens and as, as we live in our worlds, in our own homes, in our workplaces, in our community, what kind of witness is that to the world that is around us? That, that, that somehow we have security beyond the Dow Jones, the S&P 500, the, the real estate indexes. You know, we live in a different place. How might that be a witness to the world that's desperately in need? You know, anxiety and and, uh, uh, worry. I mean, those things are shooting through the roof. And, And we live in one of the richest countries in the history of humanity. And yet those things, covetousness, jealousy, shooting through the roof. So what, what a privilege that God, not only has God given to us this kind of security. Man, we, we can know He's got us. He's the one sure thing. But then, the privilege and opportunity to be a witness to the world. Of, as we make Him our treasure, that 
the jealousy, the covetousness, the worry and anxiety. They, they may not totally go away, but we know them for what they are. Lies of the world. Not our guides for how we live. Because Jesus is our treasure. Amen. Let's, uh, let's pray together.